Welcome to Turning Point. Concepts like foreknowledge, predestination, and justification are challenging, but well worth understanding. In fact, Dr. David Jeremiah thinks of them as golden links in the chain of salvation. Today, he explains how you can freely choose whether or not to accept Christ, just as God knew you would. Here's David to introduce today's message, Salvation's Golden Chain. And thank you for joining us. We'll get to that message in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you again that in just a matter of weeks now, we'll be having our final Turning Point event together as we go on this wonderful Caribbean cruise conference tour beginning December 30th and ending on January the 8th. That's right. We're going to spend New Year's Eve and New Year's Day aboard a beautiful Holland American cruise ship. And then during the day, we'll be sailing, we'll be visiting ports of call, we'll be having wonderful meetings and worship and uh, interaction and fellowship. And yes, the cruise lines are open, and I believe uh, this will be a very safe experience and wouldn't invite you to do this if I didn't believe that. And we want you to come. We're going to have a great time together as a kind of a little nucleus family aboard this cruise ship and celebrate the new year uh, together as as a as a people of God. Find out information about that at our website, which is davidjeremiah.org. Also remember, during the month of November, uh, when you send a gift to Turning Point, we want to send back to you a beautiful new product from Turning Point called the Written Word Journal. It's the Book of Romans already laid out in such a way that you can make your own handwritten copy of this book. And we have tested that out here in in California at Shadow Mountain. All I can tell you is many, many people have come back and said, oh my goodness, Pastor, I had no idea what this would mean to do this and how it made the Bible come alive for me. And uh, they're wanting to know when we're going to do another one. (laughs) And so it's a really great experience, and I hope you will take advantage of it. Please let us send this to you. Send a gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of November, and then ask for the Written Word Journal on Romans. And now let's open our Bibles to the book of Romans in the 8th chapter, and this is part one of Salvation's Golden Chain. Years ago, a preacher by the name of Harry Ironside, who was a famous preacher in Chicago, told a story about an older Christian who was asked to give his testimony. Now, for you who are younger, you don't know what this is like. But growing up in the church, in my generation, you'd go to church on Sunday morning, go to church on Wednesday night, but Sunday night was testimony night. You'd have church and you'd have preaching, but they'd open it up for people to stand up and give testimonies. It was something for a kid to watch growing up. There were several testimony ladies in the church. Never did they not give a testimony, and they always gave the same one. So you knew when they stood up. And we used to sit together as kids, and we'd say their testimonies with them because we'd heard them so many times. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of that growing up time in my life. This man got up, and here's what he said. He told how God had sought him out, found him, how he had loved him, how he would called him and saved him and delivered him and cleansed him and healed him. It was a great witness to the grace of God. But after the meeting, a rather legalistic brother took him aside and criticized his testimony, as we are sometimes prone to do. 
And this is what he said. He said, I appreciate all you said about what God did for you, but you didn't say anything about what you did for God. You didn't say anything at all about your part. I mean, salvation is really part us and part God, and you should have mentioned something about your part. Oh, said the older Christian, I apologize for that. I really should have said something about my part. My part was running away, and his part was running after me till he caught me. (laughs) And you know, that's a simple little silly story, but it's true, isn't it? In this lesson we embark upon here in Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30, is one of the most perilous journeys in the book of Romans. These two verses of Scripture contain, in a few words, a doctrine that has become the watershed between two major divisions of the church. And because of this, many pastors won't preach on this. They're like the story of the Good Samaritan. They come to this passage and they pass by on the other side. And the result of that is many pastors who don't preach it and then the people in the church have never heard anything about it, so they get out into the mainstream and someone starts to talk to them about it and they don't know for sure what it is and they don't know for sure what the Bible says about it. And so the question is, should you preach on controversial passages? Should you address difficult and deep subjects? I always answer these questions with this little exchange. People ask me, so why are you preaching on this, Pastor? Well, I say I'm preaching on this because it's next. (laughs) That's why I preach on it. If I only preach those doctrines which are easy and which cause no difference of opinion, I can't be a faithful expositor of the Word of God. I don't get to pick and choose what the Bible says and what I preach. I remember, and you'll have to forgive me for referencing Charles Spurgeon during this Romans 8 series because he was quite an expositor and he preached on Romans 8 a lot and he had a lot to say about it. And a lot that he said about it, I just agree with. And he can say it better than I can, so I just tell you what he said. He said one Sunday he was getting ready to preach on election, which is the subject of Romans 8. And he said, whenever I announce a text like this, some will be ready to say, why do you preach on so profound a doctrine as election? And I answer, because it's in the Word of God, and whatever's in the Word of God is to be preached. Amen? Amen. Pretty soft, but I'll take it. (laughs) But, says the objector, some truths should be kept back from the people lest they make a mistake. And Spurgeon said, that's popish doctrine. It was upon that very theory that priests kept back the Bible from the people, and they didn't give it to them, lest they should misuse it. And the objector says, well, are not some doctrines dangerous? Spurgeon said, not if they are true and rightly handled. Truth is never dangerous. It's error that's dangerous. (laughs) Well, says the objector, do not some men abuse the doctrines of grace? Spurgeon said, I grant you that they do, but if we destroy everything that men abuse, we got nothing left. And besides all this, remember, he said, that men do read the Scriptures, and they think about these doctrines, and therefore they might make mistakes about them. So who shall set them right if we who preach the Word hold our tongues about the matter? So let us prayerfully and carefully examine this great expression of God's sovereign love. Here are five links in salvation's golden chain. Paul wants us to know that your salvation and my salvation started in eternity past, and it extends to eternity in the future. 
Let's read Romans 8, 29 and 30. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. And you'll notice, foreknew, predestined, called, justified, and glorified. Five words, and those are the five links of salvation. So here's the first one. Link number one is foreknowledge. Whom he foreknew. I like what Henry Nouwen said. From all eternity, long before you were born and became a part of history, you existed in God's heart. Long before your parents admired you or your friends acknowledged your gifts or your teachers, colleagues, and employers encouraged you, you were already chosen. The eyes of love had seen you as precious, as of infinite beauty, as of eternal value. It is a lifelong struggle to claim that closeness, but it is also a lifelong joy. Often when I have heard people talk about the foreknowledge of God, I have heard them say something like this. Sure, I believe in God's foreknowledge. After all, he's omniscient. He knows all, and since he knows all, he knows who will believe and who will not. So it is accurate to say that God foreknows. And another person will come along and say, before the world was created, God foresaw who was going to believe in him and who would not. So on the basis of what he saw, he decided to elect those people who had decided to elect him. But these ideas don't work if we really take the Bible at face value. The foreknowledge of God is much more than this for this reason. If all the word means is that God knows beforehand what people will do in response to him or to the preaching of the gospel and then determines their destiny on that basis, what could God possibly have seen in any human heart except opposition to him? We don't have anything to offer God. I mean, if you think we do, you need to take a good look. (laughs) Here's what the Bible says about us. There is no one righteous, not even one. No one understands, no one seeks, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Foreknowledge is not God seeing that we would have enough sense to respond to him and then saying, sure, I select them. Foreknowledge means that salvation has its origin in the eternal counsel of God, not in man. The foreknowledge mentioned in Romans 8.29 indicates that in his own sovereign good pleasure, God set his love on individuals, many still to be born, gladly acknowledging them as his own and electing them to everlasting life and glory. You can't read it any other way. I can't completely comprehend or explain all of what the foreknowledge of God means, but I can enjoy it. God's love for me is secure. He's given me a purpose. It's not based on my love for him, but his choosing of me before the world was even formed. I may not know anything else about the whole subject of God's sovereignty and election except this. The Bible says, I was chosen in God before the foundation of the world. If that's all I knew, I should spend a whole week with my hands up high, dancing and singing and glorifying God. He loved me, and before the world was ever formed, before the stars hit, the skies, 
David Jeremiah was in the heart of Almighty God. What a wonderful truth that is. Brennan Manning helps us understand that. He said, I love the Jersey Shore. I love Handel's Messiah. I love Hot Fudge, and I love my wife, Roslyn. I love what I find congenial and appealing. I love some for what I find in him or her. But God is not like that. It is not because men and women are good that he loves them, nor only good men and women that he loves. It is not that he detects what is congenial and appealing, and he responds to us with his favor. He, God, loves us because it is his nature to love. He is the source of love. He chooses. He does not react. God's love is totally without motive, except in the fact that God is love. God didn't choose me before the foundation of the world because there was something special in me. There isn't anything special in me. God chose me because it was in his heart to do it. He chose you for the same reason. If you're a Christian today, you should be so filled with joy that long before the world ever began, God cared about you and he called your name. Foreknowledge. Now, you say, I still don't quite understand it. I told my wife this morning, she said, you know, I don't really understand this thing you're going to talk about today. I said, well, if you listen to me preach, you still won't understand it. So so I just want to be careful that you don't think I'm going to resolve all this for everybody today. I'm not going to do that. I hope I bring some light to some of the dark places. But I hope most of all that we get off this kick of arguing about something for which we should be grateful That, to me, is the biggest tragedy of what's happened today in this terrible discussion that goes on and gets out of hand. And before you know it, you're not thanking God for his love for you. You're arguing with somebody else about when it happened, how it happened, why it happened, and who did what to make what happen. Link number two is predestination. This gets worse instead of better. (laughs) Romans 8, 29, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. In 2007, Illinois State Senator Dan McConchie was riding his motorcycle through a suburban intersection when a car came into his lane and pushed him into oncoming traffic. When he woke two weeks later in a level one trauma center, he had six broken ribs, a deflated left lung, five broken vertebrae. Worst of all, he had a spinal cord injury that left him a paraplegic. While some people might have stayed down from such a loss, Dan bounced back. And today, he travels extensively and he has taken up sports such as adaptive skiing. His personal model is adapt and overcome. And this is what he said. What I learned from the accident, Dan says, is that this life isn't for our comfort. Instead, the purpose of this life is that we become conformed to the image of Christ. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen when everything is unicorns and rainbows. It happens when life is tough, when we are forced to rely upon God through prayer just to make it through the day. That is when he is most at work in our lives, molding us into what he designed us to be. Some think that foreknowledge and predestination are the same, but they are not. The word predestination is comprised of two words, pre and destined. It means to determine beforehand a destination. Election is God deciding who gets on the plane 
bound for heaven. And predestination is God charting the route the plane will take, the schedule, the accommodations both during the flight and after the flight. Predestination means God makes sure that those that he chooses get to the place he wants them to go. Did you know that the moment you believed and acknowledged God's love for you, you have a secure path to your destination? Almighty God has promised that. He has predetermined now where you're going to spend eternity. Where is that? In heaven with Almighty God. He chose you, and you are on the plane. This plane isn't going down. This plane's going to its destination. One day you will get off that plane in the presence of Almighty God. So then foreknowledge is the term that is used to describe that God has fixed his love upon us. It says nothing about the elect, but predestination says that God has chosen a path for us. John Stott made it clear in this statement. He said, there is a decision involved in the process of becoming Christian. We all talk about making a decision for Christ. But it is God's decision before it can be ours. It is not to deny that we decide for Christ and freely, but to affirm that we do so because he first decided for us. You know, the scripture says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. In other words, we can't love God unless he loves us first. The whole issue in this doctrine is who takes the initiative in salvation. And if you don't understand that it is God who does that, you're going to miss the whole thing. You know, we don't take the initiative. God takes the initiative. And in the process, we become a part of his forever family. If we could understand this and the incredible joy that should be ours in this truth that before the foundation of the world, God chose us and he knows our name. You're sitting in church today as a Christian because God loved you so much. You can't imagine. Do you appreciate that? Do you know it? You know, don't argue about it. Just say thank you for it. You know? He was a sophomore in high school. J.A. Metters was just a speck among 800 other sophomores. As uncool and unsociologically possible, he never went to a dance. He never went on a date. He was too short to make the basketball team. But his lack of coolness wasn't what made those years crushing for him. You see, his hidden sin and hypocrisy made his life miserable. J.A. led Bible studies, played guitar in the youth band, all the while he was enslaved to pornography. Shackled by shame, he didn't know what to do, who to talk to, or how he could get help to stop. One Sunday, he went to church, and his preacher was brave, and he preached on election from Ephesians chapter 1. And J.A., for some reason, was intrigued by the whole subject and perked up, and he began to track with the message verse by verse. And he wrote, God chose me to be saved, me, the one who spoke galaxies into existence and is robed in inapproachable light. He chose me, loser me, hypocrite me. The Almighty not only wanted to save this mess, but he found joy in me. He said, on that day, God's love shook the lukewarmness out of my life. Sovereign love set me up straight. 
and pushed my insecurities out. Looking back on that experience, he wrote, predestination conquered my craving for pornography. I saw my sin against the great love of God, and my sin became bitter next to the richness of God's grace, and I walked away from it and haven't returned. You see, that's what the greatness of God is meant to do. It's meant to help us understand how cheap everything else is in relationship to what he has done for us. If we follow this understanding of our purpose, then we understand why growth and daily walk fit into the picture. God chose us, and the Bible says he chose us to be like his son, Jesus Christ. And one day we will be. (laughs) One day we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. But in between now and then, we should be on a track to become in practice what we already are in purpose. God says we are holy. He wants us to be personally holy. We're on this journey with him. We are not holy yet, but one day we shall be. And in the meantime, we should be more and more on our way to our destination. It should so challenge us to know how much God loves us and see how unfitting some of the stuff is we allow into our lives. How it is so offensive to think about that in light of the love of God. Link number three is calling. Whom he predestined, he also called. Now we get to this place where we can understand this. There's two kinds of calling. There's an outward calling or what some people call the general call. And there's an inward or specific calling. Let me explain to you what I mean. When I preach the gospel, I stand up here and I preach, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, says the Lord. All come. Anyone can be saved. I believe that, and the Bible tells me that's what I should preach. That's the general call. But there's also an inward call when God calls us individually to himself. And I want to talk about that for just a moment. The inward call is the moment that God announces to us that we belong to him. And it's the most amazing thing for me. I've been preaching now for 50-some years. And one of the things that I've observed as a preacher is I preach the gospel, and people get saved, and I realize when they get saved, it had nothing to do with what I said. They just came to church, and God called them, and I got up and told them what to do. They came down here, and we talked to them and prayed with them, and they acknowledged Jesus Christ. The preacher doesn't cause people to come to Christ. The preacher announces the gospel, invites people to come to Christ, but it is God working in them that is the one who brings them to salvation. And that's the joy that I have because I show up here every Sunday. I don't know who's out here that God's working in. He might be working in you today. You showed up and wonder, what am I doing here? Well, God's working in you. You showed up and I'm just making the announcements. Come to Jesus and he'll change your life. You know, that's a wonderful uh, perspective on what I do as a pastor and even works as what I do here on the radio. All I can do is tell you what the Bible says and invite you in the name of Jesus to come and and be saved. And uh, then the Holy Spirit works in your heart and you do it. How arrogant of any of us to take credit for what God does and how wonderful it is to be faithful to do what he tells you to do. Preach the Word of God as clearly as you can and realize that God is the one who brings about the the final uh, results in the hearts of people. We'll have some more of this tomorrow. 
as we talk about salvation's golden chain. Before we say goodbye today, let me just remind you that Turning Point is uh, leading a tour to Israel. And it doesn't sound like it's very near, but it's just around the corner. As soon as we start talking about 2022, this will be here. March the 22nd to April the 1st. Those are the dates. March the 22nd to April the 1st. We're going to be in the Holy Land. And we're going to see everything from Tiberias and Galilee all the way down to Jerusalem and uh, the desert. And we just know how to do this now because we've been doing it for a long time. And we have an incredible tour director uh, in the name of Steve Dick who runs uh, Inspiration Tours. He makes this so easy and so much fun. And you owe it to yourself to do this. Find out about it at davidjeremiah.org. See you tomorrow. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Romans 8, the greatest chapter in the Bible, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Romans, the written word journal. Designed by David to help you know God's Word more deeply by writing the book of Romans in your own hand. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in English Standard, New International, and New King James versions. Available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Romans 8 here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you're looking to enhance your personal or group Bible study, look no further than the Jeremiah Bible Study Series. In each volume, Dr. David Jeremiah helps you understand what the Bible says and how to apply it. Along the way, you will gain insights into the text, identify key themes, and be challenged to apply the truth found in Scripture to your life. Get your copy today. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca slash study. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash study. If you've been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the famous German pastor who was executed by the Nazis in World War II, described a humorous scene to make a deadly serious point. He said, if you board the wrong train, it's no use running down the train car aisle in the other direction. Once the forces of a decision are in motion, the consequences of our choices are hard to stop. 
and that applies to all of our decisions. From what we think about Jesus Christ to the words we speak to a friend or family member, choices have powerful consequences that should be considered carefully before we act. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's way to make godly decisions on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today.